0: stand for the reading of the Word of God, and we're in John chapter number four this morning, a mother to be praised. John chapter four, we're continuing our series this morning on new life in Christ. Today's message is entitled The Offer of New Life. It's good to have Miss Lauren home from college, and uh, she's here for one week. (laughs) So mom and dad are going to spoil her to death for one week. And uh, pray for Lauren, she's going off to uh, help at a Christian camp for 10 weeks. She's going to go camping. Now, she's not going to be in a tent. She's going to be in a nice, cushy dorm room. You know, she'll have all the modern conveniences, but she'll be roughing it. All right, so pray for her. She'll be dealing with children all summer long. And I, it's listen, things like that, like our Vacation Bible School, there is eternal significance to something like that. And I know God's going to use her. It's good to have her home, even if it is, for just a short time. And so John chapter 4 this morning, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard, that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. It was about the sixth hour, which is about noon, that's the, the heat of the day time on their, on their day. It says, there cometh a woman at that time of day of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto him, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, Thou wouldest asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning, for the word of God. Lord, I pray that it would do its work in our hearts. Again, thank you for all those that are here this morning. Lord, thank you for mothers. Lord, I think of this woman that we'll look at this morning. No doubt her life was not what it ought to be. And Lord, there were situations that had happened. But Lord, her whole life changed when she received and accepted the offer of new life. Now Lord, I pray that again that you would bless this morning in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. How many of you receive a lot of offers in the mail for everything. Anybody else? You you get phone calls and all kinds of things that are offers given to us and how that we think about how that these things offer things to us. This morning we're going to look at an offer that Jesus, who was God, offered to a woman. The Bible says she was the woman of Samaria. And I want you to think about that this morning because as we think about life, here's the truth is, is that there is a big difference between religion and a relationship. See, a lot of people have religion. Maybe you're here today and you've been going to church all your life. You've been to this church and this church and You've been through this type of, of catechism and this type of teaching, and, and, and you've done all this from the time you were uh, old enough to remember, you have all the religion that you can think of. But the question this morning is, do you have a relationship? A relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. See, that was what was offered to this woman that we'll look at this morning, was it wasn't about religion. It was about having that relationship. When you talk to people about God, and I do that quite often, and many of you do too, as as a Christian, we talk to people about God, and when you talk to them, here's what they do many times. When you begin talking to them about God, they, they will talk to you about all these bad experiences that they've had. They'll tell you about this church. This church did this and this church should have done this and they'll talk about maybe how they went to this church and it wasn't a very friendly church and they'll talk about this pastor and how something he said or something that he did. They're talking about all these bad experiences and no doubt many have suffered painful experiences but they've never experienced the new life that only Jesus can offer. That's what Jesus came to this woman about. Jesus didn't come to her, and by the way, Jesus didn't come to this world to start another religion. You do know we don't need another religion in this world. What we need and what we've always needed is Jesus. He came to give new life. This morning, I want with this passage this morning out of John 4, I want for us to learn from this offer that Jesus made to this woman and understand that God has preserved it in his word for us, that this offer wasn't just for this woman, this offer of new life is for everyone. Notice with me this morning the availability of new life, because in verse number four of, of uh, John chapter number four, the Bible says he must needs go through Samaria. Notice there Jesus as he's traveling, and you can see a map here as Jesus was traveling on his way to to Galilee that he needed to go through Samaria Jesus says I have to it's important that I go through Samaria Jesus understood that Samaria was not on the way you know sometimes if we're going to help people to come to Christ we have to go out of our way we have to inconvenience ourselves at time and so Jesus goes through Samaria and he goes to this well known as Jacob's well now the woman says to him he says look she says, look, when I come to the well, I have to get a, a bucket, I have to lower it down in this well, and, and that's how I get the water out of the well. You can see a picture here of the well, and as you think about this, you see that Jesus begins this conversation with this woman. Here she is, she's brought her, her vessels, she's brought her things that she could put the water in, and Jesus begins to talk to her and says, look... I have water to drink, that if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. And she looks at him and says, you don't have anything to draw the water with. She says, the well is deep. They believe that Jacob's well, and you can see this is the actual well. Now, if you go to the Holy Land today, there's actually a church that's been built over this well. But they estimate that the depth of the well was about 115 feet to the surface of the water. It was a long way down to that well. And the woman says, I I don't understand how you're going to get the water out of the well. Jesus went out of his way to go to this well, but he didn't go to get water out of that well. He went through Samaria to find this one woman. That's how much God loves us. I believe this with all my heart this morning, and I hope you do too, that if I was the only person in this world, Jesus would have still left heaven and come to this earth and gave his life for my sin. By the way, he did give his life for my sin. He gave his life for my sins. He gave his life for your sins. And the woman's thinking about this well, but Jesus is thinking about this woman. The Bible says as Jesus came down to this earth in John 1:14, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves everyone. Jesus, who is God, came down to us. Why? But the Bible says in Luke 19, the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's everyone. That's all of us. We are all unworthy of such love that God has extended towards us. Aren't you glad that God loved us that much that he sent his son for us? You see, I see the availability of new life because new life is available for who, wherever you are this morning, wherever you are. This woman was in Samaria, and I want you to see this map as you think about where Jesus was traveling, and it may be a little bit difficult, but there's, there's a dotted line. As you see there, you can see that it says that it's the alternate route uh, from Galilee and Jerusalem, but it goes over and up through the area known as Perea and then back over at the top, back over to where Jesus would go. But over in the right, notice the city of Jerusalem down at the bottom part, and it travels all the way up, and see the the name Samaria right there, how Jesus went out of his way to go to this woman. Listen, Jesus loved this woman, and he went out of his way, he traveled to her. Samaria was a dangerous place for Jesus to be at and yet Jesus went anyway. Notice the Bible says in Luke 13, 31, the same day there were certain of the Pharisees said unto him, get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. Jesus, when he went through Samaria to find this woman, he wasn't thinking about his safety. He was thinking about a soul that needed to be saved. Jesus was thinking about this woman. Samaria was a place that was culturally unacceptable place for Jesus to be in. Look in in chapter 4, look at verse number 9. Again, what the woman says unto him, how is it that thou being a Jew asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. These people were half Jew and half Gentile. They were not liked by Jewish people. I mean, it was a modern day, back then, modern day uh, a concept of racism, that they were looked down upon. They were not accepted in society. Racial differences were something that were prevalent in the days of Jesus. But I'm glad that racial differences did not stop Jesus from going to everyone with the gospel of Jesus Christ. When I look around this auditorium this morning, it's evident. That many of us that do know Christ, we come from all different backgrounds and all different places, but the same Jesus, the Son of God, died for every last one of us. Uh, When I think about what Jesus was doing here, he was saying to this woman, and God's saying to us this morning, the gospel is for all people. Every last one of us, Jesus came to this woman, well, why? She wasn't valued in society, but listen, she was valued to Jesus. These people, the Samaritans, if you study their their history, they were a people that were misguided spiritually. They had a lot of religion, and and so there was a mixed bag of religion among them. And this morning, no matter what your background is, no matter what your religious uh, persuasion has been in the past, can I tell you this morning something very profound yet very simple? God loves you. See, a lot of times... We allow things to divide us. But understand this morning, no matter what your background, God loves you. I see the availability of new life. It's available to wherever you are, but notice it's also available to whoever you are. Back in verse number 7 of our passage, the Bible says, "...there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus saith unto her, "...give me to drink." For his disciples were gone away unto the city uh, to buy meat. And then, of course, she says, "I, I don't understand why you're talking to me because the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And I find here that as this woman, yes, she was skeptical. She could not understand why this man, this Jew, was taking the time to even talk with her. Have you ever thought about sometimes when people are talking to you and you thought to yourself about how genuine they are and what they're saying to you. Sometimes people can be that way. I heard of a wife that said to her husband, Honey, I, I, don't, I don't think you really express the same kind or the same level of love to all of our children. And, and, and so he says to his wife, Well, honey, I love all of our children. I mean, I love Matthew and, and, and I love the other one. Uh, what's his name? And I think that's the way this woman of Samaria felt. She felt like the one, what's his name? The other one. The one that no one cared about. The Bible says that she may have felt that way, but listen, the Bible says that Peter opened his mouth in Acts 10 and said of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. God loves everyone. God doesn't judge us on our background and our persuasion and our status in life. Jesus has no boundaries and no limits with his love. Jesus did not come to die for a select few people. God loves everyone. The the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus gave his life so that we could have a home in heaven. And that included this woman who was an outcast in society. The Bible records here that Jesus put his finger on on her life. And he says, you've had five husbands. And the man that you're living with, he's not your husband. Here she was. Jesus exposed her. She was living with this man. She was not accepted in her society her race and her morality and her religion. Listen, can I tell you, all those things mattered to the people around her, to the people in Samaria, but none of those things mattered to Jesus. The only thing that mattered was her soul. Jesus came to give his life a ransom for everyone. If you're here this morning, again, no matter what your race or your morality or your religion, that Jesus loves you. Look, there are oftentimes people who feel just like this woman. They are outcast in our society. Listen, those are the people that we need to go to, that we need to bring to Jesus. We need to love them to the Lord. There is no degree of sin with God. Jesus died for all sin. Look in Matthew 9, 12. When Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician but they that are sick. This might, this might be something you never think about, but Jesus didn't come for perfect people. Jesus came for the lost. And I see the availability of new life, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, that he loves you. And I see the availability, but watch this, along with the availability, I see the atonement for new life. Because no one has new life unless someone makes the way. And when I think about the one that made the way, that would be the Lord Jesus Christ himself. See, atonement provides the gift of God. Look at verse number 10 in our passage. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who who is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Jesus had a gift for her. Now, his gift wasn't something that, like we gave out to the mothers this morning. Jesus said, I have living water. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. In a week's time, I don't know how many of these I go through. You know, whoever came up with the water bottle is, is living in some mansion somewhere and owns half of another country. I mean, you do realize that these water bottles are probably filled with a garden hose in Detroit, right? (laughs) But it's amazing how you can drink these and drink these and drink these and they're never going to quench your thirst. Now, they help us. But Jesus says, look, I have something better than the water that's in that well, Jacob's well. He says, you come here every day. You get water to do the dishes, you get water to drink, you you get water to take a bath. He says, but listen, that water is here today and gone tomorrow. But he says, I've got a gift for you and it's living water, it's eternal life. Only God can provide living water. And and that comes in the form of the presence of God in our lives, the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, in verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the, here it is again, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, folks, listen, if we could do something to get to heaven, Jesus would have never had to give his life so that we could go to heaven. See, we could do it ourselves. We wouldn't need Jesus. But understand this morning that God had a gift, Jesus came to this woman, and the Bible says that he presents this gift. Being good and going to church is not going to get a person to heaven. Giving money and helping old ladies across the street, that's not going to get you to heaven. It is something that has been given to you, but it is based on the merit of another. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians 1, 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. See, the Bible tells us that redemption or new life is something that is found in Jesus because Jesus shed his blood so that we can have new life that we might be atoned for, that our sins might be forgiven. Jesus has already paid the price for our salvation. If you're here this morning, He accomplished that on the cross at Calvary. And I find this morning the availability of new life is there because of the atonement of new life, which is the gift of God. But notice atonement also provides the gift of God freely. Remember, the Bible says it's the gift of God. See, if you pay for it, then it's not a gift. Understand, it costs God's son his life. But the Bible says it's given to us freely. Look at verse number 11. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob? Now, here's the woman thinking through this whole thing. She's trying to figure the the whole situation out. This Jew is conversing with her. She's trying to figure through this. And she, she comes to this This place where Jesus is offering her this living water. She's focusing on the well and not the water. She's thinking about Jacob's well instead of thinking about Jesus. And look what it says in verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. I'm thankful this morning that when a person receives Christ as their Savior, that according to the Bible, that in us now there is a well springing up unto everlasting life. And understand, as you think about eternal life, that the presence of the Holy Spirit of God, when a person gets saved at the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit of God takes up residence in our lives. The Bible says he dwells in us. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that's what Jesus is making reference to here. Look in Revelation twenty two seventeen. 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is of thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life. What's that last word? Freely. If you're here this morning, listen to me, no matter what your race is, no matter what your background is, no matter what your religion is, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, it's available. New life is available to you today, and it has been atoned for. Jesus gave his life, his blood atoned for the sins of the world, for your sins and mine. You don't have to do all these things to get to heaven someday. Jesus already paid the price. It's offered to you freely. And as we think about this this morning, Jesus tells this woman that I have new life for you. I have an offer for you. It's available. He, can, he cannot, listen, as this woman was thinking through that, just like you and I this morning We cannot provide new life to ourselves. Look, at Jesus was having this conversation with a a, a ruler who knew the scriptures. His name was Nicodemus. As a matter of fact, the passage was one chapter in our Bible before this passage with Jesus dealing with the woman at the well. And I want you to look at two verses here as this conversation with Nicodemus where Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You see, new life, it's available for everyone, no matter who you are, no matter where you are. Listen, it's been atoned for. It's the gift of God, and that gift of God is freely offered to you this morning. So here's the question. What are you going to do with it? Will you accept God's gift of new life, the acceptance of new life? Look in verse 18 this morning. Excuse me, verse 16. The Bible says in verse 16, Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus saith unto her, said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he who thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. Now, maybe you're like this woman this morning. Maybe you're thinking, well, look, Pastor, I've got a past. I've done this. I, 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 I've been through this. I've had this happen to me. Folks, can I tell you, we've all, we all have a past. Every last one of us. Many times we think we're the only one that no one would understand. Listen, that may be true from time to time. There may not be anybody to understand what you've gone through and where you've been. But there is one that does know what you've gone through and what you, where you've been. And that is Jesus. And I want you to see this morning that God accepts you. And he loves you despite your past. He loves you right where you are right now like he loved that woman When she was there at the well that day when Jesus went through Samaria. And can I tell you this morning, he couldn't love you any more today than he loves you. I was was reading the account this past week. It's been a while since I read anything about John Newton. I don't know if the name sounds familiar to you or not. But John Newton was a slave trader many, many years ago. John Newton made a living off of merchandising human beings, slaves. One day while he was in the midst of of selling slaves, buying and selling slaves, God began to deal with John Newton. Newton used the word, God smote my heart. God convicted him about what he was doing, about the sin in his life. Newton repented of his sin. He gloriously accepted Christ as his Savior. Later, John Newton wrote these words. Maybe you've heard them. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Some of you didn't know about John Newton. Some of you didn't know the history behind that song. It was written by one that was selling slaves, human beings, but God saved that man out of that life of sin. See, he accepted the gift of God, which is eternal life, new life in Christ. Later, John Newton wrote this, and I think I included it in your outline. Look at the statement. When I, he says, when I get to heaven, I'm going to see three wonders there. The first wonder will be to see many people that I did not expect to see in heaven. The second wonder is, that I will miss many people that I expected to see when I got there. But the third wonder is the greatest of all, because when I get there, I will find myself there. You ever said that to yourself? I can't believe God saved me. I can't believe God loved me that much. The wonder of it all, that God loves us, that Jesus Christ forgives us of our sins. See, despite John Newton's past and despite your past, can I tell you this morning, God loves you where you are. We're all sinners and we're all in need of a Savior. The Bible says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says in that same chapter in Romans 3, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I've read an account, kind of interesting, about there was a baseball umpire. I did that a couple times when I was younger. And I'll tell you, that's not a very rewarding uh a profession. This man was a baseball umpire in the city league where he lived. And he was driving around one day in the city and he saw those lights flashing in his mirror that most of us really don't like. And before long he was being pulled over by a police officer and the officer came up and talked to him for a little bit, took his license and, and wrote him a ticket for speeding. And the man, the baseball umpire, the man began to argue his case, tried to tell the officer what he was doing, why he was doing it, but none of it was working. The officer wasn't listening, wrote him the ticket, gave him the ticket, and he told him, he says, look, if you want to, he says, you can go to court and you can plead your case with the judge, but I've got to go, I've got other things I've got to do, have a great day, and he went on his way. Well, a couple days later, out at the City League, the umpire was umpiring the one that had received that speeding ticket. And the next batter to step to the plate was that police officer. The police officer comes to the plate, and he begins to step into the box, and he looks over, and he notices that the umpire is the man that he just wrote the ticket for speeding a couple days earlier. And he looked at the umpire, and he said, how did it go in court? And the umpire looked at the police officer and said, well, let's just say you better swing at everything that comes your way. (laughs) Isn't that like the world, how the world is not very forgiving to us? That's the way the world was with this woman. That's why she came to the well at that time of day, six hour of the day, because she knew nobody else would be there. No one wanted anything to do with her. But does it hit you the way it hits me? That although no one wanted anything to do with her, there was one that did want something to do with her. Jesus loved her. Jesus says, I can forgive your sins. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Jesus has enough blood to remove all the sin of the world. God accepts us. God loves us despite our religion, look at, look at her, her comment in verse 19 of our passage. The woman said unto him, sir, I perceive, when he says, you've had five husbands, and the man you're living with is not your husband. And when she said, he said that to her, she says, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Verse 20, she says, our fathers worship in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Now, look, the woman is convicted about her life. She's convicted about the sin in her life, and she realizes after his statement that Jesus knows her problems. He knows what's been going on in her life, and so what does she do? She begins to have a religious conversation with Jesus. She begins to argue with him, and she does that like so many other people to shift the emphasis off of her life that she's living with a man and she starts to talk about religion because she says, look, uh, we worship here. Our fathers have worshiped God in this mountain, but you worship God in Jerusalem. That's what you say that we ought to do. She's having a religious conversation with him and her religion seems to, to try to divert the, the conversation. And that's the way it is a lot of times in life when we begin to talk to people about the Lord and about sin and about salvation, what they want to do is they want to turn it into a religious argument. They want to start talking about religion. Many times what religion is, is it's a fashionable substitute for unbelief. Many times that's what people want to talk about. It's a way to get away from the truth, the truth about Jesus. Many today are a part of a church. Listen, this is sad. They're members of a church. They've been in that church all their life, but they don't know God. They don't know Christ as their Savior. For for 20 years of my life, watch this, I had a head knowledge of God, but I didn't have a heart knowledge. I knew about God, but I didn't know God. I saw an interesting statistic. The evangelist Billy Graham Here's what he said, and he had many citywide meetings for many, many years, and he said, more than 80% of the people who responded during the altar calls of his services were already members of a religious community. That means they were members of a church. They'd been in church all their life. They had heard so much about God, but they did not know him. That's why they responded at the altar call In his services, Romans 4, look what the Bible says. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Did you hear what the Bible says? Look, if we're working, he says, look, that's not the way to get to heaven. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him, That person is justified in the sight of God. See, God says, if you will believe, you will have my righteousness imputed or placed on your account. So God accepts us despite our past. But notice, God accepts us and loves us because of his provision. Now look what Jesus says to her in our passage in verse 23. But the hour cometh, and now is, When true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto Him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When He is come, He will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee, am he so here's what i see is that this woman said look i don't know all the answers alive i don't really know the answer to many questions but the one thing i do know is that one day the messiah will come she says the messiah is going to come i know it i've been told about it and jesus says the one that is speaking to you the messiah is here i am he So what does that mean? Here she is standing face to face with God. And now it's time for her to make a decision. You see, when we come face to face with God, you and I have to make a decision too, just like this woman. Her decision was, was she gonna accept the gift of God or was she gonna reject the gift of God? Look, it was her choice. She had had five husbands. It was none of her ex-husband's choices. It wasn't the choice of the man she was living with. This was her choice. If you're here this morning, even if your spouse is here this morning, it is your choice this morning, not their choice. It's not your mama's choice or your daddy's choice. God's given you the opportunity yourself to come to him. And God had come to this woman. Jesus had come to this well. He had presented himself to her. And look what the Bible says in 1 Peter 1. For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We are not redeemed by religion. We're not redeemed by our past. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are redeemed by what Jesus did on on the cross at Calvary. And this woman, just like every one of us in this world today, and if you're here this morning, we have a choice to make. Are you going to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are you going to cling to the religion that you've been a part of all your life? Because it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. You see, Jesus was offering her the gift. Now, some people don't understand this. They don't understand That the gift comes by putting your faith in Christ. There's a good example of this in Acts chapter 8. Philip was directed or redirected by the Spirit of God to go from where he was actually in Samaria to a man that the Bible identifies as a eunuch. The man is coming away from the city of Jerusalem. He has a portion of the Word of God in his hand. He's in his chariot. That I don't know if that's a Ford or a Chevy. I don't know what it was, but it was a chariot. He's in his chariot, and he's got a portion of the Word of God. He's been entrusted. Somehow, he leaves the city, and if you study the passage in Acts 8, it's clear from from the passage that he's got a portion of Isaiah chapter 53. That's where he was reading from. As he's reading it, Philip joins himself to this man. They begin this conversation like Jesus with the woman at the well. And he begins to talk to this man about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says Philip went to the same portion of scripture and he preached unto him Jesus. Began to tell him about the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says there in your notes in verse 36 in this passage. That as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see... Here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, let's read these words together. I believe that Jesus Christ. Okay, now how many of you believe that? Let's read it like we believe it, all right? I believe that Jesus Christ. So watch this. Here we are. We're in church. Our church, modern-day church, we're, we're a church that we don't, we don't go down to the River Jordan. We are spoiled. We have a baptistry. It means there's a little mini swimming pool right here behind this wall, if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's a large bathtub, all right? That's basically what it is. This is a baptistry. And, and, and the eunuch says, well, look, here's some water. What's hindering me from getting in the water? If I get in the water, I can be saved. I can go to heaven. And Philip says to the man, he says, If thou believest with all thine heart. Philip's saying, look, it's not about the water. It's not about getting baptized. It's about a relationship. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. There are churches today that for years they've told people that if you get baptized, you're going to heaven. That's not in the Bible. The Bible says, if thou believest in thine heart, thou shalt be saved. He says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Salvation always happens before baptism. See, look, Philip says, look, I can't baptize you. The guy's like, why can't you? Because you're not saved. When the man says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son, that changes everything, because you're saved now. See, a person that's saved, follows the Lord in believers baptism. If you're here this morning and you have put your faith in Christ, you're a child of God, you have new life, you've accepted the offer of new life in Jesus Christ. If you have never followed the Lord in believers baptism, that is the next step in your life is to do that. We've got a couple folks this morning who have come to us and said, Pastor, listen, I'm saved. I've heard the testimony of their salvation. They said, I wanna follow the Lord. I wanna identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, they're not doing that this morning so they can go to heaven. They already settled that because they accepted the offer of new life in Christ. It's a gift, a free gift that Jesus is giving. See, a lot of times people think, if I do this, if I do that. Philip told this eunuch that his baptism would not save him. Jesus said it this way, I am the way, the truth, and the life No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 1, 17, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You know what the woman at the well did? Here's what she did. She says, man, that sounds like a good offer. I think I'll accept that offer. You know what she did? She got saved. Say, how do you know that? Well, listen, she got so excited about this gift that was given to her that, remember why she went to the well? She went there to get water. Guess what she did? She left her water pot. The whole reason that she went to the well, she got so excited that she left her water pot and she ran back into the city. She left that which she came there for. The Bible says she left it, went, it, went her way into the city. And here's what she said to the men of the city. Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? The Messiah, the one we've been hearing about, the one we've been waiting for. Listen, all these men in the city, they knew about this woman. They knew her reputation. They knew what she had been through. They knew her background. They knew her religion. But you know what? She didn't care because she had Jesus now. She, She had new life. Some of you should think back in your life, you look at me sometimes and you're like, Pastor, calm down. You need to just, don't be so excited about being a Christian. Don't don't go up there and get all excited and start yelling and screaming while you're preaching. Some of you just need to remember when you got saved, you have got over your salvation. Hey, listen, I'm never going to get over the new life that I have in Christ. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Every day I'm going to remind myself that Lord saved me out of a devil's hell. And one of the things that, is clear evidence that a person does get saved is that as soon as they get saved, they want to go tell other people about Jesus. That's what she did. Hey, she went right back into that town where her reputation wasn't the best, and she went to everybody. It didn't matter what they thought about her. She says, hey, look, you got to come see this guy. He's, he's not like anybody else. This man, could t- he told me everything that I ever did in my life. He knows everything. And can I tell you this morning, God knows everything about you and he knows everything about me because he's God. He's all-knowing. You see, nothing matters more than telling people about the Lord. When this woman got saved, listen, what mattered was that her friends would know Christ that her family members would know about Jesus. Jesus wants everyone to be saved. It doesn't matter what your past is. Look what the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. How many people does God want to be saved? All. All. And by the way, ladies, the word men is all-inclusive. So that's you too. Jesus didn't just die for men. Listen, I I believe he died for the women first, then the men, all right? It's Mother's Day, I had to say that. So, listen, God is not willing. The Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come under repentance. So if you're here this morning, have you accepted God's gift? Listen, it's available, and it's already been atoned for. Jesus gave his blood, shed his life so that we can have eternal life, And here's what you need to do this morning if you're here under the sound of my voice and you've never put your faith in Christ. It's this simple. We're going to give something called an invitation. Remember the verse we read out of Revelation 22? If you're thirsty this morning. Listen, that water out of that bottle that we drink day in and day out, that's not living water. But if you're thirsty this morning and you want God in your life, why don't you come like that eunuch? And get on your face before God this morning and say, Lord, I'm tired of trying to do this and be a part of this church and get baptized and all these things, thinking that that's going to get me to heaven someday this morning. God, you've shown me in the Bible how that the only way I can go to heaven is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we give this invitation, we'll have some people here this morning. And if you're a lady this morning, listen, don't put it off. Why don't you come this morning? Remember, the gift doesn't cost you anything. It's free. There's a man here this morning and you've never trusted Christ. Why don't you respond this morning? We'll have a man help you. We'll have a lady help take the word of God and help a lady this morning. Whatever your need is this morning, maybe it's just something that God spoke to you about. Maybe, you, maybe your past, maybe, maybe you've been trying to live by religion and you see this morning the only thing that matters is not religion, it's a relationship. Whatever the need is this morning, Let's bow our heads with our eyes closed this morning. As God's speaking to hearts this morning, no doubt this morning, it's Mother's Day. If you're here this morning and you're a mom, the greatest gift that you can give to your children, to your family, to your husband, is to accept Jesus as your Savior. If you're not saved today, why don't you trust Christ as your Savior? What about you, if you're a man this morning, Do you know Christ as your Savior? If you've never put your faith in Christ, folks, the scriptures are so simple. Jesus said this this offer of new life, it's available. He went out of his way. Jesus left heaven and came to this earth. He went out of his way so that we could go to heaven someday. Why would you not want to go to heaven when you leave this world? I wonder this morning, how many of you would say, Pastor, I have had a time in my life that I've accepted God's offer. I have eternal life. Would you slip your hand up this morning? I put my faith in Jesus. Many hands, you could put those down this morning. I wonder this morning, is there someone here today, man or a woman, teenager, that would be honest with God this morning? I've never had a time in my life where I've accepted God's offer of new life. God spoke to my heart this morning. Would you raise your hand this morning? I've never trusted Christ as my Savior. I want to settle that. I want to know for sure that I'm going to heaven someday. Would you raise your hand this morning? Anyone at all, just slip your hand up and you can put it right back down. Not sure if I'm saved. Just put your hand up and right back down. Let's stand to our feet.